why do I have to put so much time and effort to a vegetable that's giving me nothing? Like, yes. The celery said, here's my syllabus. The celery said, here, I'm going to give you absolutely nothing and you're going to love it. And I said, no. I said, you are useless. You taste like dirt. suffer from the cramming effect. Do you ever just think you know a lot of things and when the time comes you don't remember anything and then you have to convince your friends that really you do know something? Hi, I'm Ruju and I'm accompanied by my good friend Sophia and we're here to make that condition even worse. Keep listening. Hello Sophia. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. On this fine week yeah it's it's been a time but we're hanging in there uh how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i I, so i i'm living off campus now i'm in my own apartment which means i am no longer relying on my university for food as much Mm. i'm really bad at cooking but this has kind of forced me to learn a little bit more about it mm-hmm. in order to s- sustain myself, really. But try to get creative with it once in a while. But yeah, have you tried any new recipes lately? Um, lately? Yeah, I feel like... What does Sophia eat? Ugh, we don't even know. Uh, <laughs> no, I recently have been trying to pay more attention to what I'm eating and just trying to be on top of it. Um kind of for a similar reasons. Like I'm not on campus, so I don't have food kind of like ready and prepared for me all the time. So I am home. So I kind of have to think a little bit more ahead or try to plan a little bit. Um, So one thing that I've been trying to do is kind of prep some meals a little bit beforehand or uh, come up with like a weekly list of what Mm. to eat. Because I think for me, one of the biggest things is like, I'll be hungry. I want something in that moment. And then I end up eating like toast or pasta like it's not worth it it's not good all the time I'd say recently one of my new go-to's which is fairly new on the scene to me um has been kimchi fried rice and it is oh so quick it is so easy um I literally just use like leftover rice which is gold uh just like throw that in Throw in some kimchi, a little bit of gochujang, which is like the hot pepper paste, and boom, then I have like a full meal. And I was like, oh. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those are the things I'm kind of looking forward to. Like things with under five ingredients, I can just kind of throw stuff together in a bowl and see what happens. And, and hopefully it's edible. And if it's not, well, I you know, I've had a good run. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I think the, the meal prep side of it is something I've been trying to work on recently as well. Um, and I feel like it's a natural progression for me because I love a good spreadsheet. I love a good just planning stuff out, organization, like I'll put in my calendar when I'm going to make food and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like for a while I've just kind of not really thought about making food or it's not an area that I've had a lot of experience so I'm excited by the idea of exploring it more Mm -hmm. trying to escape my reputation of just being really bad with all things food you know this we (laughs) went to school together I was literally known for just just being bad in kitchens (laughs) so take that gender roles (laughs) I mean yeah 
No, I I think that it's great. I think it's like this is the time to learn because we kind of have to, as you said, like to sustain ourselves. It's not as much of a choice. Um, I think one of the interesting things that I've become aware of is like I knew how to cook some baseline stuff and like that was fine. But um, during my second year of college, I became vegetarian. So a lot of the meals that I knew like were my staples I couldn't really eat anymore I'd have to like transition the protein and stuff so it's kind of learning a whole new subset of making sure that I'm getting all the nutrition that I need um Mm. also finding stuff that I like and stuff that I want that is not just going to be like the same things all the time so Mm -hmm. that has been kind of a journey (laughs) so far yeah um I I think food restrictions are an interesting thing. I feel like I'm kind of on the opposite journey where like at home there's a lot of food restrictions and like we're constantly eating like maybe the same few things on repeat or trying to get creative. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you get creative, like you got to make certain dishes only for certain family members and you got to separate everything out um, and all that stuff. So like my family has been vegetarian since I was born. It's pretty common from our like state in India but on top of that I tried to go vegan for a little bit Mm. that was a time that was really hard I respect vegans you do you um my mom and my grandpa are like gluten-free my dad's like allergic to fermented dairy like my grandma doesn't eat like root vegetables so (laughs) it's kind of a whole array of things and so I feel like when I got to college now I'm like wait I actually need to like do something with an egg do something we never had eggs in the house um and I've only ever like made every anything like eggless at home so I was like this is so quick I could just learn this very quickly Ruju had some adventures in the past couple weeks (laughs) I mean that's kind of awesome though I I think that could definitely be a little bit overwhelming but I think that's super cool and lets you incorporate that protein and not get tired of it um so that's kind of what I've been trying to focus on a little bit is like how do I switch up these ingredients that I know like I really like that work well with my body and like Mm. my energy levels and like how do I make those so that I don't get bored of them Mm. bro you said energy levels and I realized that that is something I haven't thought of in so long like in the past couple weeks I'm just like what do I have in the house that I can quickly turn into something that is edible unless you're in love with food I feel like many college students are just are in love with the process of mm-hmm. making food, not just in love with food. I feel like we're always looking for those hacks, those quick fixes. Yeah. At just the randomest hours. For sure. So meal prep, I know, would benefit me, but is hard. It is, like, so hard. And I think, honestly, one of the things that has been motivating me a little bit uh, to continue to do meal prep and to continue developing, like, just weekly recipe sets kind of has been just looking at what is in season right now because then it kind of brings me into a place of looking to see what foods are in my area like what's being grown at a local level how can I Mm. support local farmers and businesses during this time and that I can see like immediately a little bit more so when I think of having to food prep for a week that doesn't really excite me but if I know I get to go to the farmer's market and get some fresh zucchini and some potatoes well that's a fun little trip so it kind of makes the process move along a little bit and makes it yeah. a little bit more enjoyable 
it's kind of like trying to enjoy every step or trying to find something in each step that you can enjoy. Mm -hmm. I also really like ingredients that I can use like multiple times in a lot of different things. When I was doing some apartment slash dorm shopping, my parents got me a a huge thing of pancake mix, Mm -hmm. like the size of, say, two or three newborns. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, large it is large um and so i was looking up different things that you can do with pancake mix like what are different ways that i can do this and then also make it for like two or three days so i found a recipe for cinnamon buns cinnamon buns out of pancake mix wow were they good no (laughs) but nonetheless I felt very much like a college student doing it, and I highly recommend the experience. Just the experience, not not the actual product. Not the end result. Perfect. No. Go give that to someone else, <laughs> but just the process. Yeah, I mean, no, I think that's super important is trying to use what you got. Um, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> as that shows, it works out, and sometimes it does not. I recently got carrots, like from the ground like you know like the full carrots from like the farmer's mm-hmm. market and <laughs> from the ground from the ground from the earth and um they had like these huge like carrot tops on them and at first I was like oh okay you just cut them off but I was like why can't I use these like they can't be toxic it's a carrot like what is what is going on here and I looked it up and like you can use them, apparently you can make like a carrot top pesto, which I was like, all right, go off. Um, but So can you just make a pesto out of anything green? I, What's the deal there? I guess so. Okay, I, sidetrack, I love pesto so much. It is so good. And fun fact for y'all, if you make it again in bulk, if you take like a, like a rubber ice cube tray, like a, you know, like a silicone mm-hmm. ice cube tray, you fill them up. You can freeze that, and then you can just take it out and, like, throw it in, like, pasta, heat it up in a pan. Whoa. Yeah. So it's so great because, like, basil is in season, I think, during, like, summer and fall-ish. Um, so I feel like when, you know, in winter, if you want a little something else that's a little bit more yeah, nice, you know, I do. a little summery, then you can just pop it out of the freezer, and you got a meal right there. Brilliant. I know. That's brilliant. That's it. Yeah, that's that's the next thing that I was hoping we'd talk about is just, like, what are the different kinds of hacks that you've seen? Oh, yeah. Um, surrounding just food and cooking and how to make things fast and most efficient. I'm not, like, I'm not implying that the hacks must be good, <laughs> but just what are hacks that you've heard of? I see so mm. many videos by, like, what is that YouTube channel? Tasty? Yeah. Or whatever, of, like, quick or BuzzFeed of, like, just quick things to do in the kitchen. And one, they're, most of them are either not that quick or they're just not that worth it. Yeah. Are there any that, like, you can immediately think of, of, like, dang, that was, that was definitely a hack of sorts? I mean, every time I think of, like, college food hacks, it's always in a mug, which I'm not mad about. Yes, yes, but I love those. I love mugs. I, just I have nothing against one them. One-servings. yeah. It's a great time. That's a dish I don't mind cleaning because a mug is easy to clean. I, that is fine. Um, everything goes in at once. I think one of the... Okay, so this is like a hack within a hack. So get ready. I know. Kind of crazy. I'm ready. So you know like how there, there was there was like a whole thing about um, mug cakes? Like a whole, yes. 
you know, carrot cake and confetti cake, whatever. But when you're in college, you don't have flour, sugar, and all that stuff necessarily. So I was, I was thinking that all those recipes are cool in theory, and yeah, the one serving thing is great, but how is it actually going to be useful? So I looked it up, and maybe this is common sense to most people, but like you can just buy a two or three dollar box of like box cake mix mm. and you can just add water and that is it becomes a mug cake i i personally did not know that i thought you had to add like other things you do that's what okay so <laughs> here, the reason why we went down this path is because i really wanted a mug cake but i was not going to do the whole five six seven ingredients so I looked it up and there was different reviews, you know, because I think you're supposed to usually add like eggs, oil or like milk mm. and water or whatever. And I was like, okay, but what's stopping me from just trying it? <laughs> so I think I just put like two <laughs> tablespoons of mix and then just put water until it looked like a cake mix batter. And I just put it in the microwave for like a minute and it just turned into cake. So I don't really know. Okay. I mean... I'm not gonna lie, I think you treated this cake mix like pancake mix. <laughs> just, just add water. Can you ma- Maybe we should try making pancakes in the microwave. I mean... See what happens. I have so many friends that are gonna listen to this that are genuinely very good at being in the kitchen and competent and are gonna yell at me. I mean, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, I. we're just spitting knowledge right now. This is very exciting. We are both learning. I'm genuinely excited. Something I'm trying to learn is like when I'm trying to cook in bulk versus accidentally cooking in bulk. I uh, recently had a situation where there's a code code red code red situation where I didn't know how to cook like black beans Mm -hmm. like not the canned ones. I got like a whole container of them from home Mm -hmm. just smuggled them from home and did not know how to cook them I looked it up online, and apparently, again, this is going to sound dumb to a lot of people, they have to be on the stove for, like, four hours. Wait, what? You have to soak it overnight and then cook it for, like, three to four hours on the stove. Or you could just pop them in, like, a rice cooker or something, like a slow cooker. (laughs) Wait. So I, I was, I did not, and me, not knowing how long this would take. I was just there for one hour, two hours, <laughs> three hours waiting for these dang beans to cook. And I then I realized I also made way too many, way too many. I think like half a cup is like enough. Yeah. But I was like, ah, I didn't I underestimated how much they would expand. Yeah, that, that's that's how, you know, like you're messing with some real food right now when it, it gets bigger. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And so I made maybe four to five cups <laughs> Wait, of what? black beans. I'm still working on them. I made them two weeks ago. What? Girl. So send us a voice message with your favorite black bean recipes, <laughs> and I will get back to you. This is a crawl for help. Wow. That is... I can't even say anything, because I was not aware that it took that long. Yeah. That's why you get canned beans. Yeah, I always... That's the move. Like, beans, like, lentils and, like, black yeah. beans are always, like, staple. But I always use canned ones. But now, I know I'm not... I'm not at the level yet where I can use, like, dry beans. Like, I know I'm not... You don't I'm need not. to be. You don't need to be. Yeah. What, you're not at the level to waste time? No, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... You're perfectly fine. 
earlier we were also talking about kind of foods that you can store for a little bit mm-hmm. and then they're they're still good for you like pasta is always a quick one um i feel like i mean a lot of food can just be like reheated the next day mm-hmm. or whatever um but are there any recipes or any advice that you have for making the most of those leftovers yeah hmm. my number one thing i know we talked a lot about like pasta and rice and all mm-hmm. that but for me rice is a huge staple for leftovers because mm. I feel like you can use it in so many different things. It keeps pretty well, um, like it keeps for a couple days and you can kind of mm. do a lot with it. So so I think my number one mm. just like tip, I guess, with leftovers is try to see where you're at. Can you add a different kind of flavoring? And if not, how can you switch up the elements around it to kind of make it into a different meal? To be honest, I just keep trying things. I keep throwing things together and then I just learn from it. And sometimes it sucks and I eat a really sad meal, but then other times it works out. And then I just try to write those down. Nice. Yeah. Stick around for more cramming after the break. Hi, my name's Shivali. I'm a junior at Cornell and I'm an amateur food blogger at Shiveji on Instagram. I was a vegan for two years for sustainability reasons and that included my first three semesters of college. I started my blog to document my journey of adopting a plant-based diet, and I'd always loved eating, but getting into cooking was something different. Understanding how to prepare so many kinds of cuisines, using combinations of ingredients and flavors that I'd never tried before, and catering to several dietary restrictions was truly something like a science and an art. My blog definitely helped me fall in love with cooking, but as I became more accustomed to eating vegan and eating sustainably, I also became really used to restricting my food intake, labeling foods as good and bad, and obsessing over what I ate during the majority of my day. Eventually, this morphed into disordered eating habits that I just recently got under control. Since then, I've shied away from veganism and moved towards a flexitarian, plant-centric outlook on food. I think cooking is a great way to embrace and explore different cultures and practice self-care, and plant-based eating is amazing for animals, your body, and the planet, but it's extremely important to say no to diet culture and yes to food freedom while you do it. You can find my recipes, meal ideas, and all my food inspo at Shiveji on Instagram. Hope you stop by. I try to draw from, like, my Indian American culture and, like, all the food that my, like, mom and my grandma make. And obviously my food will be nowhere near that. My rotis are not yet round, but I'm getting there. And so it's interesting to see what kind of foods um, people tend to make on campus and, like, how that reflects the food that they had back home. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, I think food also brings up uh, multiple emotions Mm -hmm. in me, depending on the food that I'm eating. So if I make Indian food and I eat it, I feel right at home. I feel like this is a family dinner and we are all around the table and life is good. And if I'm eating, like, a sad mac and cheese, I am like, oh, no, I am definitely in college right now. Like, (laughs) I definitely am procrastinating on homework. Yeah. And then it makes me anxious. Wow. I really like that. I feel like foods do carry or can influence how you feel so, mm. so much. And that's what, like, when I think of, like, a comfort food, 
oh my gosh, that just warms me up. Like, you know, when you take that first bite, it just makes everything like feel a little bit better. Um, and I was trying to think of like, what is my comfort food? Like, what are like the staples? Mm, or it's like, mm -hmm. so the only, the, there's two that came up for me. So the first one is my mom's uh, homemade baked mac and cheese. Yeah, it is just like the it's so warm. There's like an absurd amount of cheese in it. And like, I just remember like, especially the Mac to cheese ratio wow. is immaculate. It's insane. It's, it's insane. Um, it's majority cheese, but she like makes it with the same pasta every time. And I, I know she usually makes it, um, in like fall and winter when you kind of feel like that coziness mm. like you want to be warm you want like your sweatshirt and your blanket kind of around your shoulders and whenever she makes it it's like i don't even know it takes like an hour or two to bake um and as it bakes like the whole house just smells like immaculate mm. and so that just brings me so much warmth and the funny thing is is that the other one that weirdly kind of popped into my head is just rice and beans like that is mm. like such a staple as well and I think it's really funny because one is like takes hours and all this prep and then one mm. I can just like pop on a rice cooker and make some black beans but yeah having like some black beans and rice mm. and like some plantain I'm like set that is so amazing yeah. so what about you what's like your go-to like comfort meal um well at home my grandma always makes these like almost roti like burrito type things so she'll like make the roti it'll be like hot hot fresh fresh mm -hmm. and then inside she'll put like clarified butter mm -hmm. and brown sugar Ooh. and that is it and you just put it and you eat it and wow amazing lovely um so that is definitely one I feel like another comfort food for me and uh, this is aside from, like, all of our, like, everyday, like, Indian food that I'm taking for granted right now, mm -hmm. still, I think. Um, but another comfort food for me has always been Taco Bell, <laughs> because it's not food that I'm making myself, mm -hmm. but I think it's been a part of, like, my childhood, my growing up, and, like, it was the one place that could, like, accommodate everyone's, like, food restrictions that people still like. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Taco Bell's been there for me since day one. Um, and Taco Bell's just really been pandering to all the vegetarians and vegans. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah, a little bit. But they're really, they're like, ah, yes, click this button if you are vegetarian. We will only show you the vegetarian things. Yes, we can turn anything into a vegetarian dish in a way that, like, other fast food chains need to pick up on. Wow, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know the extent of that, but that's awesome. Now that we're, like, talking about, like, comfort food and stuff, I feel like I mean, comfort food is the thing that my brain immediately went to, but I also feel like, as you said before, food carries so many different emotions, some good, mm -hmm. some bad. So, like, is there another either food or emotion that you think of that, like, you relate in your head? Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, the complete opposite of comfort food, mm -hmm. like, what gets me feeling just, like, so sad. <laughs> the first thing I thought of, just things that are just slightly undercooked Ooh. that makes me so sad like you're just eating your pasta you're having a fun time and there's just like a crunch in one of the bites ruins ruins everything yeah oh because then you start doubting yourself <laughs> there is one food 
that I cannot stand. And it's not. This is going to be a hot take. It is going to be a hot take. Hot take. Warning. Are you ready? No. Okay, well. Go ahead. Here we go. Celery. I hate celery so much. It is so bad. Okay. I I understand. No, no, no. I understand that you can dislike celery because it's it's a useless vegetable. But why to the extent that you hate it? (sighs) Okay, here we go. Why to the magnitude? Yeah, no, I and I get it. It's a little bit absurd, but here's why. Okay, so my favorite season is fall, right? Little autumn time. Great. That means a lot of soups. You got a lot of soups because we got a lot of vegetables happening. I love a good vegetable soup. You know what always makes its way into vegetable soup? Celery. Is it celery? And I hate it because it's like, okay, the thing is, I have to give it a little bit of credit. It does soak up the flavor of the soup, which is fine. And I, I enjoy that. But it like gives it a weird taste. So it's like your soup plus like dirty water. And it's like, why? Why are you here? What did you add? Isn't that what broth is? No, no. Broth is flavor. Celery is dirt and crunch. And the thing is, when you put it in a soup, it doesn't even crunch. So now it's just your soup plus dirt. And I I hate it. I hate it so much. It's a vehicle for ranch. And that is it. And can we talk about the strings? Why am I choking? I don't like... On celery strings. I don't understand. That is the million-dollar question. Why am I currently choking? (laughs) Someone explain it to me. I don't want to be saved from my choking. I want to know why I am choking. I want to know, like, okay, because, like, you, okay, you can peel a carrot, but you're not going to choke on a a, a carrot that is not peeled, nor a potato. Why do I have to peel the strings off of the, even a banana? Bananas have strings. Why is the celery giving me homework? (laughs) Why do I have to put so much time and effort to a vegetable that's giving me nothing? Like, yes. The celery said, here's my syllabus. The celery said, here, I'm going to give you absolutely nothing and you're going to love it. And I said, no. I said, you are useless. You taste like dirt. Anyway, that celery makes me sad. You ever sad. have people in your life that are like celery? Uh, yeah, I feel like <laughs> people are going to, I'm just going to casually bring this up. Somebody's going to casually bring up celery and I'm just going to, their fire is just going to ignite. Anyway, is there any other sad foods specifically for you? Sad foods? Yeah. Um, I hate when a food is dropped. That makes oh. me sad. Like, they say, they say don't cry over spilled milk. I say why not? I think it deserves a cry. <laughs> if that's going to help you get through it, cry. I just, I'm picturing that on, like, a t-shirt. Like... <laughs> That is so good. Just the the I voted button. (laughs) I cried over spilled milk today. (laughs) Find your community. Come on. Uh, But no, dropping food. When you drop food, when you are Mm. just like mentally or physically exhausted and you drop your food, like that is rock bottom. Especially when you're outside, when you're in a public place. Fun fact, I've never finished a snow cone. I have always dropped it (laughs) i I didn't know where that was going i was like okay like i get every time how many times are we talking like three okay still kind of ridiculous but right i mean i haven't done it recently because i i was younger and now i feel like it's it's more embarrassing to, to drop a snow cone when you're 
like in your 20s <laughs> but okay so one thing that I've been thinking about throughout this whole conversation of like feelings and food and how that relates is I'm realizing that food that I really find comforting or is something that's like special to me like those special foods tend to be the ones that take a lot of time or that people put a lot of effort into and I want to know like are there any foods like that that you kind of feel like they're special or like for a certain occasion that you really like mm. yeah definitely I think there's a lot of Indian food that brings that up for me or or stuff that's considered party food mm -hmm. so like one thing for sure is paneer mm -hmm. which is like it's like a for people that don't know it's like a hardened almost like cottage cheese not cottage cheese but like a cheese it's an Indian cheese that's what I'll call it um and you mostly get it at like like, if you go to a wedding and it is not there, it is automatically a bad wedding. It does not matter, like, how much money you've put into anything, any of the clothes, any of the decorations, any of the ceremonies. And mind you, Indian weddings are multiple days, so you have a lot of chances to get it right. But if there is no paneer, it is a bad wedding wow. immediately. That's super cool. Like, that's... And also now black beans, because <laughs> who knew that that was a delicacy? <laughs> Just put that right up there with yeah, it. Yeah, no, perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I feel like that's really cool. I The only one that I really could think of, um, and it's not even something that's super fancy, like, it's still something I would make on a kind of regular basis, um, mm -hmm. is risotto. I think it just mm. takes more time than a standard meal or how much I would usually put towards a meal. Um, but again like with that kind of fall winter vibe it is one of the most like comforting things and um it's something that i learned to make a couple of years ago um i don't really remember why like it's a very odd thing to kind mm. of decide to make but um yeah it's been something that i have learned to cook and really love cooking for other people um, because I, it's like something that you, you can only add like the broth in little bits and you have to make sure you're constantly stirring it. You have to like watch mm. over it and you can add so many flavors. And I think it's just something that's so nice and warm and is something that I know I can make for people and hopefully kind of make them feel a little bit happier. So that's been something that takes a little bit more time, but I'm, I'm really like, I yeah. think about when I think of special stuff like that. I think even when you asked that question, I was kind of thinking of the idea of like, mindful cooking like I think what we're talking about is when you just feel super like in the present moment like the food that you're making and preparing needs kind of your undivided attention mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what makes it special so now I'm thinking like if I was to not multitask while I'm like creating even simple dishes would they feel fancier mm -hmm. like would I feel a stronger connection to them like maybe I'm even thinking of, like, the difference between, like, popping something in the microwave or heating it on the stovetop. For yeah. some reason, the stovetop always feels a little bit fancier, feels a little fresher. And maybe it's because I'm, like, putting my secret ingredient of love mm -hmm. into it instead of just, like, letting a machine do the job for me. Yeah. I think that's super important. And I think that is something that is kind of at the base of what we were talking about. But it's just taking that time and having food be something that we know is obviously nourishing us, but is also like giving mm. us time and we want to make sure that we're doing right by our bodies yeah. the best we can. So 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It it is so super funny though how a microwave versus a stovetop can feel so different, but it, like it does make a difference. It's about taking that time and seeing that process, I think, too. Yeah. Cuz it's like what do you do when it's in the microwave? Like you just kind of stand there in yeah. in sadness and quietness. Like are you on your phone? Mm-hmm. Like you're not with the food. You're not with the food. And that's just on the preparing side of it. Even on, like, the eating side, that's something that I'm trying to do this year that I was really, really bad about in previous years where I just thought food... I think my relationship with food has changed in that respect where I thought it was just something that I had to kind of get through mm-hmm. or, like, just needed to keep me going. But now, like, as I am taking the time to prepare it better, I feel... I'm finding that I'm fostering more excitement around the whole process. And so, like, when I eat now, I'm not doing something else that also needs my attention. Like, I'm not, uh, like, doing homework or work unless I absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to just take out, like, those 15, 20 minutes, even if it seems like a small thing, to just sit there with my food and enjoy the the fruits of my work. Yeah, totally agree. I also know that like we have mentioned before, I think a lot of this conversation ended up being about just food and feelings and feelings and food. (laughs) So this transitioned us really nicely into a segment that we have on the pod called It's Time to Feel. Yes, it is. Are you ready to pick a feeling? Yep. Boom. And it is. Boom. Boom. (laughs) Numb. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's go there. I know we try to relate a lot of these feelings to how we kind of manage them, what do we kind of what kind of triggers them and stuff like that, but I feel like numb is an interesting one in the way that I try really hard not to stay in it that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I don't think numb is the lack of emotion. Like, I don't think there's any such thing as, like, a lack of emotion. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's always some sort of emotion happening. Mm -hmm. But I I mostly associate feeling numb with the suppression of feelings. Mm -hmm. Or it's, like, me telling myself I'm feeling numb, even though maybe I'm just, like, really pushing out, like, trying to compartmentalize the stress or the fear or something. So I feel like there's still some of those, like, negative emotions behind it Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I would be like suppressing happiness I I wouldn't call that numb so I mostly associate like I would characterize numb as like a negative emotion Mm -hmm. not a neutral Hmm. yeah that's a good way of looking at it um because yeah as I was thinking about it while you were kind of going through that I I definitely agree the one thing that I kind of thought about was like when I feel numb I usually feel too much if that makes sense Hmm. so the way that it kind of visualized that was like a color wheel you know if you like spin it really fast it's like all white it's like Mm. a blinding like white light versus like Mm. I feel like initially when I thought of numb it's like darkness I don't feel anything but I think it might be the opposite and just feel like everything so you just shut down um yeah so one way I think I try to snap myself out of that space a little bit is to try to push myself in one direction like However I'm feeling, I'm going to push myself out of this area so that I can kind of break it down everywhere else and, Mm. like, kind of sit with that. So what are – how do you kind of handle feeling numb or, like, what's your go-to thing to do? Yeah. When I'm numb, 
there is a part of me that's like, you know, that voice that's like, I just want to feel something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just want to, I just want to feel anything right now. Um, and so I try to, uh, similar to what you're saying, kind of step into that as much as possible. And it depends on the moment whether I'm willing to get, like, real sad with mm-hmm. it or, like, maybe I just need to escape and get real happy with it. Yeah. Um, either way, I think music really facilitates that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm in the mood to, like, just not be numb or whatever, I need to get happy. Or, like, you know when you've just studied for so long, but now you have to go to someone's house for, like, a party? Oh, my God, yeah. And it's, like, uh, like you're just so tired and you feel so just depleted and numb and you just don't have the energy to feel emotion. Yeah. And now you gotta... So, so then I just play some, like hardcore like just need some beats to get me to get in the party mood and feel social Mm -hmm. sometimes I just need a good cry Mm. you know and that's what gets me out of the numb because I'm like I there's like a bottom threshold that I'm trying to tap into Mm -hmm. no I think that's that's super valid it's funny because for me I think I do the opposite (laughs) um so it's not necessarily that I try to be like super happy because I think that's a really hard emotion to just bring about. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, there's definitely a lot of faking it till you're making it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not real. No. <laughs> um, but when I'm feeling numb, I try to again with music. I try to like just shake myself out of that. So either I want to listen to stuff that's like super upbeat or just like super loud and mm. like heavy, like just something to shake it up. The the first song I thought of was Numb by Linkin Park. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think that song is perfectly fitting because it's just, like, so loud like and, it. like, chaotic. And it just kind of mm. brings you out of it because you're just, like, it's almost like, you know, so you, you kind of want to get to that point where you're just, like, you can cry and release it. This is, like, a scream and release it kind of situation where you're just, like... Ah, okay, and yeah. then you're done. And I don't listen to a lot of a lot of sad music. Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling numb, I know for myself that that just means I'm feeling sad and I'm not ready to admit it. <laughs> so why not just get there? Why not just let myself feel? Because I think part of it too is like there is this, especially in high school, there's this like idea that like being apathetic is cool, mm-hmm. like being numb is cool. So I feel like if I've ever like socialized myself in that way or you don't socialize yourself I guess but if I've ever taken in any of that Mm -hmm. then this would be an opportunity for me to actively unlearn it to be like no Mm -hmm. this is not cool like feeling your feels is cool yeah and healthy so don't push it down just really feel like what does sadness feel like right now like what's going on through your body ask myself those like physiological questions Mm -hmm. um but I love a good like neutral song Mm. Like, like, which is really interesting to me, and I'm a huge Childish Gambino fan. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I was thinking of Redbone, mm. just the classic, because that is the kind of song where, if I'm happy, I'm jamming out to that song. But if I'm sad, I'm sad with that song. Yeah, yeah. And I've never heard a song like that before, and so that's really cool. I agree. Redbone is such a good one. I feel like it just, you can feel it, like, vibrating throughout your body. Like, it just, it's just yes. so... It's in that resonant space, and yeah, it, that is really interesting how it morphs. It's the pancake mix of songs. It is the cooked rice. That's it. Speaking of bittersweet songs, unfortunately this is the end of this episode. Thank you for listening and supporting the pod. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our new episodes. If you have any suggestions for what else you want to hear on the pod, email us at thecrammingeffect@gmail.com. at gmail.com or send us an audio message with the link in our description. 
See you next time with another chaotic conversation.